Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking cases against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual, domestic, and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that honestly none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, If you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. This case really has me questioning how I truly feel. Sometimes the perpetrator really is a victim of circumstance themselves. Sometimes from an abusive childhood sometimes from severe, undiagnosed mental illness. This story today has that. A woman that was destined to fail from the start, only for this woman to have a child of her own, and then for this story to end with one of the most horrific murders we have ever covered here on the podcast. Please heed to the listener discretion warning at the top of this episode. This episode will include a recording of the callous description and graphic detail from the mother herself of what happened the morning she brutally and senselessly murdered her newborn baby. This isn't a story of systematic child abuse or neglect. This is one of a mother that never had the tools to have a baby, but desperately wanted to be a mother. It should have you questioning, are we doing enough to treat mental health in your country? Are we doing enough to support those who grow up mistreated and abused? Are there child murderers who deserve another chance of freedom? This is Janiah's story. Deasia Watkins' life was never easy. Born in 1995 to a mother, Tina Johnson, with severe mental health and addiction issues. Tina also was intellectually challenged with an IQ under 70. Watkins' father, Terence Watkins, was in and out of prison throughout most of her childhood. She would become a child of the foster care system when she was three years old. Watkins would bounce from one foster carer to group home and then back again, at least five different foster homes in total, including an emergency shelter for kids, never really having any stability. Not only that, but she would also be abused and neglected while in foster care. She was unable to talk until she was school-aged and showed psychological signs of sexual abuse. Watkins' mother did attempt to gain custody back several times, but each time there were court dates set, she never showed up for the hearings, never followed through, only really resulting in causing more turmoil and disruption to this young girl's life. Watkins started to fail out of school and she suffered from oppositional defiance disorder. Watkins' whole adolescence was full of abandonment and disappointment. 2014. 19-year-old Watkins found out she was pregnant to boyfriend James Brown and she was happy. She wanted to give her daughter the life and love she never had. In December 4, 2014, Janiah Watkins would be born. Now, unfortunately, Watkins and Brown's relationship did not last, and they separated prior to Janiah's birth. It does appear the former couple were amicable, and he remained a significant part of his daughter's very short life. (laughs) 
January 25, 2015, at around midnight, Cheviot police responded to multiple reports of domestic disturbance. Police reported that upon arriving at the property, Deasia Watkins refused to answer the door, and she was screaming incoherently and there was a baby crying loudly. The mother sounded like she was screaming for the baby to stop crying. Police used force to gain access to the home, and according to the police report, the house smelled strongly of marijuana. Watkins was holding Janaya, and initially she refused to hand the newborn over. According to the official police report, when the police attempted to take Janiah out of her arms, Watkins placed her hands around the baby's neck, as if she was going to choke Janiah. Janiah would have only been six weeks old at this point. When she finally agreed to hand the baby over to police, Watkins passed out with her eyes open. The reason why Watkins lost consciousness has never been determined. Watkins would be placed on psychiatric hold at Deaconess Hospital, where she would remain for 72 hours. During this time, Janiah's father, James Brown, was contacted, and he admitted that since his daughter's birth, Watkins had been acting strange and speaking in tongues. Watkins would be diagnosed with postpartum psychosis and given medication to take home with her. And despite her insistence she had not partaken, doctors found significant levels of marijuana in the young mother's system. Now, because there was a child involved here, Hamilton County's Job and Family Services became involved, and Watkins lost custody of her daughter. Brown was given full custody of the newborn. Doctors would report to Child Services they were concerned for Janiah's safety in her mother's presence because Watkins didn't seem to understand how serious the incident was, stating that Watkins told doctors the whole situation was quote-unquote no big deal. Despite their concerns, caseworkers allowed Watkins to move in with Brown and Janiah to keep that relationship, that bond between mother and daughter. However, there were conditions around this. Watkins was not allowed to be left alone with the baby, She was not to breastfeed the baby, as the antipsychotic medication would be present in the breast milk. And Watkins must take her medication to remain living in the home with Brown and Janiah. Case workers would visit Brown's home twice a week to make sure the adults were compliant with the conditions and Janiah's needs were being met. These visits would vary between 10 minutes and 2 hours, and things seemed to be going great. Watkins appeared to be alert and attentive, Brown presented as a hands-on dad, and Janiah seemed to be well cared for and healthy. Unfortunately, this would not continue for long. March 6, 2015, ten days before Janiah would be brutally murdered by her mother, police respond to another domestic disturbance, this time at Brown's home. Watkins is again erratic and shouting. According to Brown, she had been, quote, acting crazy, unquote, and claimed she was talking to demons. That Watkins would be fine one moment, and the next she would be hysterical and crying, crying for no apparent reason. Watkins would again be placed on psychiatric hold at Deaconess Hospital, while further evaluations were done, and it seemed that Watkins stopped taking her medication and was breastfeeding Janiah, and someone with psychosis, It is actually quite common for someone to feel better on their antipsychotic medication, so they think they don't need the medication anymore and they stop taking it. 
only again to present symptoms of their mental illness and by that stage, it's too late for them to recognise there is a problem themselves. Although in Watkins' case, I do question whether she actually took the medication to begin with. Because Brown didn't adhere to the conditions of his custody agreement, he too had to surrender his daughter. This time to her aunt, Watkins' sister, Deborah Stewart. This time Brown lost parental rights too because he didn't comply to a paternity test to confirm he was indeed Janai's father. Just adding another layer to this tragic story. Again, like with the previous arrangement, Janai's aunt Deborah would be given conditions that needed to be abided to strictly for the baby to remain in her care. This time Watkins and Brown could not have any contact with their daughter unless it was supervised by a registered social worker. However, unbeknownst to the social workers, Watkins would also move in with Deborah a week later. It would later be revealed Deborah had health issues of her own, and she simply could not care for the baby by herself. So Deborah allowed Watkins to live with her to allow her to look after Janiah, despite what the safety plan she agreed to said. And Deborah and Watkins hid this from the caseworkers during their weekly visits to the home in College Hill, Cincinnati. Janiah would be last seen by someone outside the family three days before her death. Caseworkers attended to the home and reported no concerns. But, quote, no one has the resources to monitor a mother and her neglected child 24-7, unquote. March 17, 2015, 6am. 911 received a phone call from a distressed woman. This woman told the dispatcher she was asleep, and when her grandson woke her up, she discovered Janiah. She believed the baby was dead and that, quote, her head was open, unquote. Sunshine, I want to address of your emergency. Somebody, please send the police. My niece okay, killed her baby. Please. Don't what is the address? Okay, ma'am. Help me. Ma'am, who were you just talking? You were just talking to somebody. Who were you just talking to? My son. He came over here. He found the power sleep. I mean, and he had his kids there to go to school because they go from my house. And he seen the baby on my sister. Oh, my God. Help me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I need you to stop. Stop crying, okay? Stop crying. I need you to help. I need you to take a deep breath and tell me what happened. Ma'am. Right Ma'am, you weren't crying when you when I heard you talking to him. You were fine, and then when I picked up, you started crying. I need you to tell me what's going Ma'am, on. I am crying. I was outside screaming. What happened? But he keeps telling me to come down. I don't what know happened? What, all I know is my son came in here and woke me up and said, "Mama, the baby's dead." And I'm like, what are you talking about? What I'm going to do because she killed this baby. Oh, God. Okay, why, why are you saying she killed the baby? Because the baby is in the room. Here, talk to my son. How old is the baby? The baby is three months. Oh, my God. I'm going to kill Hello? What happened? Police. I don't know. This house is big. I don't know where my little cousin is. So can you please? Where is the three-month-old baby? Ba- the baby lady, the baby is on my mama's kitchen counter with his head smashed. Now I need you to please send me Okay, is it a male or female? I know where my little cousin is at. Now if I go a little girl pop up with a weapon, I'm not going to have a little cousin no more. So can you please 
this, I know, I know it's part of the car. Can send the police? Okay, we, I need to know what happened to the baby. I don't know what happened to the baby. I came into the house. She told us we came into the house. The baby was on the counter. My mom was in the bed asleep. I woke my mom up, and we calling you. That's all I know. I don't know nothing else. I have a little cousin. She was here. I don't know. Okay, okay, was. okay. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look, is the baby breathing? Listen, lady. The baby is deceased. Okay, okay. All right, we're sending the police and an ambulance, okay? Mama. What is your name, sir? Mama. Trust. Hello. What is your name? I'm Robert Stewart. And who is the mother of the child? Huh? Who is the mother? Asia. What is Asia's last name? Watkins. Is she there right now? No, I don't know where she's at. That's the problem. I don't know where this little girl is at. I don't even know if she's in this house. It's a it's a big house, lady. Please, I'm not. I don't want to look for it. I don't want to look for it. So if you please, please send the police. Listen to me, sir. We already have the run started, okay? All right. So no one has any idea what happened to the child. Listen, lady. You can, I cannot explain to you what happened because I do not know. Nobody knows. It happened sometime in the middle of the night. Okay. That's can you, what 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 do you see when you look at the child? What? Children, look, look, lady. I don't want to describe the scene. This screen is very, very bad. All right, the little lady, the little baby, head is open, like okay. open, open. I'm, I'm, I'm not going in there to touch nothing, cause I don't want to mess nothing up. I'm not going in there to look, cause I already seen it. But it's not. It's very violent. It's a very violent scene. All right, it's very violent. All right, sir. Very we have violent. police and fire department responding out. All right, I, I gotta go back to the car, cause my kids is outside. I don't know where this girl is at. Now, Ma, I need you to use it. Don't lock yourself in here off in the guard, because I got to go out here with them. Then come outside, Ma. You got to pick, because I got to be out there with them. My kids are scared. I'm not looking nowhere, because if I see her, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, Mommy, I'm ready to die. Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Miss Stewart. Can I call my aunt, please? Okay, can, can I speak to your mom? Mom, the lady want to talk to you. Hello! Hey, ma'am, listen to me, okay? We have help on the way. What do you I'm think happened? What do, oh what do you think happened? What happened to the baby? I don't know. My son wouldn't let me go. He just, I don't know. I had my niece. I got to know where you are. I was talking about your daughter. Killing my niece. I want to call my daughter. I'm scared. Okay, so nobody can tell me what happened? No. My niece is killed. Oh, my God.
First responders at the scene found a newborn baby dead inside. Hamilton County Prosecutor Joe Dedders would call what happened to Janiah, quote, one of the most disturbing cases I've ever seen, unquote. First responders found the baby on the kitchen counter after a five-year-old would be the one to initially discover the crime scene. The five-year-old child being dropped off by his parents to his grandparents to wait for his bus to school. First responders would find Watkins in a catatonic state in her bedroom, covered in blood, having gone to bed for a nap after her horrific crime. Horrified investigators interviewing Janiah's aunt and Watkins tried to make sense out of what they had discovered. Deborah was beyond inconsolable, while Watkins refused to cooperate with the investigators. <laughs> After another 72-hour hold at Deaconess Hospital, Watkins was booked at the Hamilton County Jail for aggravated murder and held under guard. It would only be after this treatment that investigators would garner any emotion or response from Watkins. According to Janiah's autopsy, the baby had multiple stab wounds to the right side of her face and head, and her head was, quote, severed from her body, unquote. Watkins would be asked how many times she stabbed her daughter, and she would reply that, quote, she lost count, unquote. The baby was found with a murder weapon in her hand in an effort by Watkins to make it seem as if Janiah had caused the injuries to herself. I took Janiah, he kept screaming and running, and then I didn't get the changer, so I just threw it past her. He didn't die, so I walked over there and picked her up and banged her head and it looked so four times. Then, after she went down there, he cut the big old stick and hit her in the head four times. She wasn't dying fast enough. And that's when I ran in the kitchen and killed her and her off. Took the knife on out, stabbed her in her head. 
So they're gonna die, die, die. So they're gonna die. How many times did you cut to get her neck severed? Until they sliced off. Once you started stabbing her, what made you think you needed to cut her head off after that? She wouldn't die. She wouldn't die? How do you know she wasn't dead? Because she kept breathing. And she kept what? Breathing and moving around. She kept breathing and moving around? Yeah. Even after you were stabbing her? Yes. What did you do with the knife after that? Put it in her hand. Was there a reason that you did that? Yes. Why did you put it in her hand? Because it looked like she did it. So it would look like she did it? Yes. And then what did you do? I went April 2015. Watkins' defence first entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. It was thought that Watkins would not be competent to stand trial, and she was ordered to undertake psychiatric treatment to determine her mental state. However, there was conflicting reports if Watkins even had a mental illness. Argued the prosecution, quote, There is an enormous amount of evidence that demonstrated the defendant appreciated the wrongfulness of her conduct, unquote. And in September 2015, Watkins was deemed competent to stand trial. In February 2017, DeAsia Watkins changed her plea to guilty to the aggravated murder of her three-month-old daughter, Janiah, and she was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison, with credit given for time already served. In sentencing, Watkins showed no remorse, staring blankly with little emotion. However, she did address the judge, stating, I loved my daughter very much. I loved her regardless what anyone says. Watkins could be released from custody when she is 35 years old, still young enough to live a life full of experiences and have more children. But does she deserve it, mental illness aside? Because she took Janiah's life away from her before she had the chance to even start it. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, Like the page so you don't miss an episode and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu.